I'm going to teach on prophecy, and then everyone is going to prophesy. Yeah. We're actually, we are going to, does that make anybody nervous? Raise your hand. Okay, we got two honest people in the room. Awesome. Um, we're going to completely, Mason, you're nervous? You're never nervous. You don't know how fear feels. Um, we're going we're gonna to break up into small groups after I'm done teaching, and I've severely bored you about prophecy and informed you how it works, and then we're all going to just prophesy over each other in a very systematic, awesome, creative, powerful, loving way. Um, what is prophecy? I hate, I hate how these notes are put together. Um, Revelation 19.10 says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Let me rephrase that. The essence or core of the prophetic ministry is to point at Jesus. If you are if you're doing personal prophetic ministry to somebody and you are pointing them to yourself, you're doing it wrong. Yep. If you're pointing them to another organization other than Jesus Christ himself, you're doing it wrong. And so what, what we want to do and what we've been doing, why Jeremy taught on the prophetic last week, we're doing training this week and next week, Chuck and Jeremy and myself are going to talk about healing, is we want our body to be the most most powerfully loving people that there is in the Dallas area. Because you can't, there's a book called uh, The Three Battlegrounds by Francis Frangipan. Uh, how many of you have read that book? Good. Good. You own it. That's the, that's the first step to salvation. Um, the, what he talks about is the first battle happens in your own head, and then once you have conquered that and you have self-control, then you can actually do warfare in your church. And then once you have your church taken care of, then you can take over your city and the world. But you have to go in that order. And so uh, we want our people to be the best at this. Dalton Angel. Sorry. I know. I just, I'm freshly shorn this afternoon. Very nice. It's like uh, Lightning McQueen. You know, like. So, uh, the spirit of prophecy is the uh, testimony of Jesus. We must be careful not to stray from this core understanding of the prophetic. Uh, prof the prophetic is speaking that which God has already been, spe been speaking. Amos 3.7 says that he uh, doesn't do anything unless he has spoken it to his friends, the prophets. Actually, he says his servants, the prophets. And then in John 15.15, 15, he says, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you my friends. Come on. And so, um, we're, we're way beyond the prophets of the Old Testament because they were just slow. Slaves, we actually we do it because we like him. <laughs> if you had an encounter with a god that like made fire and like burns things but doesn't burn them and like steps into fire, Jesus showed up one time to Manoah, which was uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Samson. Samson, his parents, and he's like hanging out with them. Like it, it says that he did wonders in front of them. I don't know if that was like. Look at the coin. Oh, where'd it go? But like, it was like he was doing wonders in front of them, and they're like preparing a sacrifice. And it's like, well, I'm going to go now. And he steps into the fire and like twirls up and goes into heaven. And they're like, what was that? That's kind of God we serve. He's fun. If it ain't fun, don't do it. 
uh, personal prophetic ministry should confirm what the Lord has already been speaking. If, if nothing happens without him telling somebody, that means that anytime you get a prophetic word, it has already been spoken to somebody. So it needs to, especially for yourself, prophetic, personal prophetic ministry, when somebody prophesies to you, you need to go, ooh, that's like what the Lord has been saying to me all along. Or that's what he's been indicating to my heart. And it, it shouldn't, this is what I do, at least. When you get a prophetic word and it's like, and I'm like, I, I haven't heard that before. I have this thing called the prophetic shelf and I just put it there and I wait for somebody else to say, say it also that doesn't know that person and isn't in, that, in the same vein, you know? Because then, then it's like, well, two witnesses, gotta go with it. The word uh, prophecy or prophet uh, in the New Testament actually comes from two words meaning before and a declaration of thought. So in the prophetic, the, the prophetic office where you are a prophet, and I'll get into that uh, in a minute, when you are actually a prophet, that, the application for that is that you're declaring something before it happens. It's somebody who actually has influence with people, they've got a position, and they say, oh, sorry, May. What would I say? Um, that's why you don't sit on the front row. Um, you have an office and, you, and you, you see something, the Lord shows you something, and you declare it before it's going to happen. That's, that's the application of that. If it's in personal prophetic ministry where you're edifying, exhorting, or comforting somebody, um, then it, it's restating what has already been said to that person before. Um, which is actually really easy. You don't even have to be a Christian to be able to do that. Because it's built into humanity to be supernatural. It's, a, it's actually part of a fallen nature to be natural. I do too. The core values of the prophetic are in 1 Corinthians 14.3. We talked about that last week. Jeremy uses, uh, you know... Normal words for it, I use old school words for it. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Meaning edification, to, to put an edifice or a front to build up somebody, uh, to exhort, to actually push them out. So sometimes you need a word that like goes, hey, buck up, buckaroo, you got this, go team. And you're like, oh. <laughs> but it, sometimes you need an exhortation, that's the little. And you're like, okay, get out there, let's do this. You know, one team, one dream. Um, and then there, there's the, the third, which is uh, to comfort, which is bringing somebody in. Sometimes, you know, they got the pat on the, and they went out and they didn't do so well. Come here, buddy. You're still a good person. You look good in corduroys, and that's not easy. <laughs> Simple definition of the prophetic is God speaking around our walls. How many of us, you, we all have walls, right? If you don't have walls, like, come pray for us. Because we've all got walls. We don't want to hear from God about certain things or from other people. Prophecy actually is a way for God to speak around those walls. It's a way for, for, say I've got a wall between me and Jeremy, and it's like right here, and we'd, I'm just not talking to him right now. If he talks to Crystal, Crystal can talk to me, because I don't have that wall between us. She can get around it. So Lord is kind of sneaky like that. Profi, profi, profi is prophecy's cousin, and it is not teaching, and it's, and it, though teaching can be prophecy, prophecy is not teaching. So have you ever, ever gotten one of those words where somebody's like trying to explain something to you and you're like, I don't know what, 
did I just step into a classroom? Should I get the whiteboard for this? Like, what's going on right now? That, that's, not, that's not prophecy. So when we do our, our little activations, don't teach anybody anything. Or like counseling. Like, yeah, anyways, we won't go into that. Uh, prophecy is actually a realm. It's not a gift. It's actually a realm in heaven that you can access. Let me tell you how I can prove that. Paul said to the Corinthians, earnestly desire the... No, just the spiritual. The word gift is not in the Greek. He says, he says, like, zealously lust after, like, yearn with everything inside of you for the spiritual. Like, like I've just got to be more spiritual. I've got to have more access to the, the realms of heaven. So why do we prophesy? Well, first, Jesus did, so we probably should. Um, he, he put his supernatural seed inside of us, which changed our nature, and so we want to do what he did, right? Do unto others as he did unto us. That's the new one. Uh, we're no longer just adopted. We're now a new creation. We've changed our nature. We are part of the new human race. Uh, Jesus loves his bride and desires to bring people into his kingdom. That's why we prophesy. The prophetic is uh, one of his favorite ways to accomplish the goal of bringing people in because he can actually talk to somebody and get that wow factor and they go, whoa, I know Kung Fu. No, whoa, there's a God in heaven and he loves me. Yeah. Or at least he knows me. And that's freaky enough for me to like see if maybe he might love me too. Because this person who's talking for him loves me a lot and just handed me a hot dog for free and they're charging $12 just over the fence for it and the bathroom costs 50 cents and you're like well this guy's giving it to me free he's really happy and he's loving me this is awesome what God do you serve uh Paul actually says, here's another reason, Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, says that prophecy is the greatest of the gifts. How many of you are like, you want the best? Yeah. 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 Like, when I, buy, <laughs> when I buy something, I don't like go, ah, let, me get the, let me get the worst one. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't go into Best Buy and I go, I'd like your worst, where's your bad electronic section? <laughs> The ones that are going to break down and I'm going to have to come back and you're going to say, oh, the warranty ran out as soon as you left the parking lot. Yeah, those are the ones I want. No, we want the best. And uh, he actually gives them freely. That's why they're called gifts. Here's another great reason why we prophesy. It's more fun than not prophesying. I don't, I don't have a scripture for that. But I think God is fun. And I think not being with him is boring. Mason, what did you say in the staff meeting? You, uh, something about the, the boring spirit or something? You like to pull people out of your, their boring box. This was one of his strengths in life. I love that. Uh, Matthew eleven twelve 12 uh, talks about the, uh, the violent take the kingdom by force. And part of this... I mean, imagine if you were actually really not just walking as like a normal Christian, well, a typical Christian, but as a normal Christian, and you like just walk up to people and you're like, like last night we were, uh, Jeremy had just blown up some, some girls and, uh, not blown them up, we were at <laughs> fireworks. 
I'm oh, sorry. Um, he, he had just like gotten words of knowledge for all of them, prophesied over him. I'm like hanging back. I'm like waiting for him to get done so I can go do the same thing. I walk over there and I just say, which one of you has a, uh, has a brother who just got hurt? And, just, and this girl goes, my brother, my brother got into a car accident today. Now, now, they were already, they had already been, they knew the prophetic and they're friends with Kenny. And so, you know, if, if you're friends with Kenny, you know about the prophetic. Um, but he, so it's, it's so much more fun and it's so much more exciting to have this like violent thing coming out of you where you're like, demons are scared of me. And they should be. Shame should, like, nobody should come around me and be able to continue to be rejected or feel shame or keep anything on them because I'm too violent in my spirit for them to, to keep holding on to those things. And that, that's what the prophetic does. Amos 3.7 uh, says that, the, like I quoted earlier, uh, that God tells his secrets to his prophets. It's part of friendship with God. The prophetic is... An aspect of friendship with God. And then in Amos 3.8, Amos continues to speak for the Lord. Um, he speaks and people have a hard time hearing. Uh, Amos 3.8 actually says that it's an inevitable... Uh, it just comes out of like... It says God, God has spoken. How can we but prophesy? I've just got to. God roared. I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta prophesy. It's the natural thing that comes out of God roaring. I... I'd speak too if I had... Has anybody ever had an encounter with the Lion of Judah? Like, for real? I had the Lion of Judah come in my, my bedroom when I lived in Kansas City, and he just came over with his big paw, I was taking a nap, and he went... And, like, woke me up. I was like, hey! Oh! <laughs> that was actually about how it went. <laughs> it was kind of scary. You okay? I work out a lot. <laughs> oh, speaking of shoulder, who has the right shoulder problem? I was feeling it earlier. Two of you. All right, both of you stand up. What I want you to do is, I, don't worry about your midriff showing. I want you to reach your, is it both right arm, right shoulder? Right shoulder? I, I want you to reach as high as you can. Nobody lay hands on them. Just grab it from heaven. The Lord's going to heal you. Right now, in Jesus' name, be healed. I think you guys can reach higher. Reach a little higher. As high as you can. All right, test it. How does it feel? Any difference? Well, no pain. I mean, it was, uh, it might not have hurt before, but there's no pain now. No pain now? Good. How's yours feeling? Better? Okay. Okay. Well, if it, if it comes back, if it comes, come to me, and I will. I got the word of knowledge, so it's my, it's my fault if you don't get healed. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14, 8, uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, he's, he's talking to these guys, they're like hyper-spiritual guys, and he's like, okay, you're really spiritual. Try to love, but keep being spiritual. Um, he actually calls, he makes this cool analogy of like, He's talking about tongues, and, and he says, if you pray in tongues, you're just like a bugle going, but prophecy is like a song coming out of that that calls the church to war. And, was, and it's so cool. It's like, pray in tongues all you want. Give one word of prophecy, and it, it gives direction. Because that's what the prophetic ministry is, is for. Uh, lastly, uh, purpose of the prophetic, 
to relieve the burden of leaders. In Numbers 11, uh, Moses gets like rebuked by his uh, father-in-law and says, you're taking on too much. And so he, he calls in uh, the elders and uh, there's 72 of them. They go and they have like lunch with God and on the mountain. That's fun. Um, and two of them decide they didn't want to go to their lunch date with God. They just had a, a lack of wisdom in that moment, I guess. But the spirit that, that he said that I'm going to take the spirit off of Moses. I'm going to put the same thing that's on you onto them. And it still went to the other two. So even if you, you know, the, you know the, the, the saying that says uh, partial obedience is disobedience, that's complete malarkey. Because these guys were completely, they were, they were part, being partially obedient. And by partially, I mean disobedient. They, they had a meeting with God and they were like, eh, I think I'm going to sweep the tent today. Like, <laughs> spirit of wisdom, come. Go into their brain. Um, but they started prophesying. And Joshua, the son of nobody, says, for those of you who know the Bible, his name is son of none. Anyways, the, they're, in, they're in, in their tent. And, and Joshua comes freaking out. Moses, they didn't come to the meeting and they're still prophesying. And Moses is like, are you jealous for my sake? I don't care. I need more people who are prophetic. I wish that everybody had the spirit of God and everybody was a prophet. The purpose of the prophetic is to make it easier for those who are leading. If your prophetic ministry is, is making your leaders have a hard life, you're probably doing something wrong. Just saying. Okay, who can prophesy? George can. Okay, Sasha can. Okay. <laughs> Let me talk about the... Uh, I got, there's just the three levels that I see of the prophetic. There's the believer's benefits. It says in... Uh, everyone has access to, to the prophetic... Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. The word blessing could also be translated gift. We have access. It's like there's like a table set out before us. We're seated in heavenly places, so we're kind of bilocational. We're kind of in this room. We're kind of somewhere else. We've got all these gifts up in heaven if we need it. What? Well, good. You saw me preaching it. Um, so you've got tongues, you've got prophecy. If you need it, you just pick it up and you use it because you're there and you're here, so you just use it. You've got access to everything just by believing in the Lord. Yeah, it is so powerful. Paul then says to, to the Corinthians, he says, you can all prophesy, you just need to do it in a better order because they were just like, one person would start prophesying, somebody would interrupt them, one guy would say something opposite from the other guy, and you're just like... <laughs> <sighs> That's tongues for stop it. The second, the second level of, of the prophetic uh, is prophetic proclivity. I had to use a thesaurus for that one. Um, there's a supernatural propensity in us. Some people just have this like, I'm, I'm wired for the prophetic. I, I like the. You, there's people who can, but then there's people who are like, man, that guy just he doesn't know how not to. You know those kinds of people? Um, those are you Morningstar guys. Is, um, is Josh Sneezik still around? No, he left. Man, there's this kid. He, he was at, uh, at Morningstar, and he would... I mean, the guy was just so prophetic. You just kind of had to... If you had any sin in your life, you better just avoid him all day. Because he, he'd kind of give you the eagle eye, like... <laughs> 
we had, to, we had to work with him a lot to use that gift for the good side and not the dark side. <laughs> but then there's also people who have, who, like, they come with this grace for it, but they get, like, more trained in it. One of the things that we do is we train in the prophetic and EJS. They do that a lot at Morningstar. Uh, and you just, you have this... Your propensity, you may have a little bit of a gift, but you, you're trained in it. You get really good at it by just doing it a lot. I remember being a student uh, in ministry school and going to the University of Georgia. Uh, some of these... Did you guys go? You went. You went. Cole, did you ever go? The, uh, I mean, we would prophesy. They would just bring people, a new person in like every 10 minutes for five hours. <laughs> I mean, you... Yeah. Every 10 minutes for five hours. Like, new person. Bop, 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 bop. New person. For five hours straight. We're like, after, after a while, you can't give Jesus loves you words. And you run out of your, like, your favorite words to give. And you actually have to hear God. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's a pain. <laughs> oh, I can't use my good personality. I've got to actually... Use my intimacy with God. This is horrible. So you, we, we learned to like train and hone our gift and we got really good at it. And you developed this skill at the prophetic ministry. And then there's uh, the, the official operation of the prophetic, which is the office of the prophet. Uh, this is having, having had a track record of accuracy and a relational history with a group of people. A prophet has authority to speak into the direction of a church. That's a prophet. They're all good things to be. Not everybody's a prophet. Um, you, you can prophesy. You're a new creation. You have a new lineage. You have a new father. And it's in your nature. And as we said before, those who are, who are his friends, it just it comes out of them. God speaks. You don't know how not to. When and where do we prophesy? Here? Now? Whenever? Kaboom town? Always? Um, but definitely before the second coming. <laughs> because, because in 1 Corinthians 13.8 Paul says uh, prophecy is going to fade away when the perfect comes when Jesus comes we're not going to need this so we better use it he also says knowledge is going to fade away how many of you have come out of like a conservative background and, and they're like prophecy will fade away we don't need it anymore we have the perfect bible I won't make you raise your hand. Um, I looked down so that I didn't see anybody. Um, th that's just not what that's saying. It's talking about when Jesus comes back, yeah, prophecy's going to fade away, tongues is going to fade away, knowledge is going to fade away. It's really easy to, to say prophecy's going to fade away. When you start saying knowledge fades away, the scholars go, hey, but ooh, we're really good with knowledge. Oh. <laughs> and then, then us charismatics are like, hey, but we're really good with prophecy. Dang it. What are we going to do? Well, you're going to just have to keep having a relationship with people and God. Uh, prophecy is, isn't just for the church. It is, is going to be, and it is paramount for evangelism. In 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 25, Paul talks about if some poor schlub who's not a believer walks into your, uh, wanders into your Christian meeting, like, he's going to... He's going to get called out, and, he, and he's going to go, Ah! There's a God! He loves me! What do I do? How now shall I be saved? You know? So it's cool. It's fun. I bombed one real bad. 
yesterday at Kaboom Town. And it was with a really cute girl. So that was awesome. <laughs> okay, so how do we prophesy? I'm going to go through this and then we're going to do some activities. You guys ready for that? It'll be fun. Fun, fun, fun. Matthew 7, 7, uh, Jesus talks about this Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about uh, all sorts of things. And he throws in this, ask and you shall receive, seeking you'll find, knocking the door will be open to you. This is a kind of a cool little way of looking at the prophetic. And it even spells the word ask. Ask, seek, knock. It's so fun. Um, so we ask for a revelation. Revelation is rarely wrong. The problem is we're not very good at the next two steps because those words, ask, seek, and knock, are what's called present continual words, which means that they, they, you need to ask and keep asking. So you can't just stop at, ooh, I got, I got a picture of a purple dinosaur. I see a purple dinosaur. <laughs> that, that's not prophecy. You have done one of the three steps. You get a F in prophecy. That's 33%, not good. <laughs> if you want to at least get a C minus, you have to at least do interpretation. Um, one of the things that helped me with, with Revelation and the whole prophetic thing is uh, I was really trying to go after, I want to get really specific words of knowledge. I want to really know that I'm hearing from the Lord. And I read James 1.5. I think it's 1, 5 through 8. And he says, if anybody's asking for wisdom or something from the Lord and he doubts in his heart, he should assume that he's not going to get anything from God. And I go, I want Scooby-Doo on him. I went, Barr? But, uh, oh. So my doubt is actually what pr makes sure that I'm not hearing from God. Whoa. So I decided to just start throwing doubt out. And I always saw doubt. You ever seen like, uh, oh, there's a penny. It's heads up. That's good luck. <laughs> Freedom. Um, how did that get there? Were you worshiping right there? Um, when, oh, so you're at a baseball game, right? And they like hit it real hard, but they hit it wrong and it shatters the, the bat and you got a little shard that looks really painful. I always think of doubt like that stuck in my forehead. Can you imagine, could you, could you think of anything else if you had a bat shard stuck in your forehead? No, absolutely not. Because doubt gets you to think about yourself and it doesn't let you get anything out. So you pull the doubt out. Everybody just pull your doubt out. Candace, you didn't pull your doubt out. You're talking to your boyfriend. Thank you. Um, you think I don't pay attention. The, so you pull the doubt out and this is the crazy thing. A few months later after that, I had an encounter with an angel that stuck his finger in my forehead in that same spot where I got the revelation from, and it was a spirit of understanding. And I, would, I came out of this prayer room time, uh, we had a, when I say prayer room, it's not like, oh, a prayer room with like music and speakers and a thing and a stuff. It was like this little closet, and they were like, this used to be a filing area, but we're going to call this the prayer room. <laughs> awesome. So I'm sitting in there, this angel sticks, sticks his finger in my forehead, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. And I go, I go to like, kind of like, 
check to see what's happening. And there's wind coming out of my forehead. I'm like, maybe I'm just being hyper-spiritual right now. So I go and I grab my friend's hand outside the, the prayer room. I'm like, something crazy just happened. I put her hand in front of my forehead. And she's like, there's wind coming out of your forehead. I was like, oh, good. Wait, that's weird. <laughs> but it, it was be, like, think about doubt. If you, want, if you want that wisdom and understanding and revelation to come out, doubt is going to plug that thing up. Right? So don't doubt. Just assume that it's the Lord. If it's not, you'll learn. So first step is ask. You get a revelation. So like maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's a whatever. How's your shoulder feeling? Any any better? Good. Um, then you seek for a, a revelation or for an interpretation. So you got a picture, you got an emotion, you got a a sense, you got whatever, maybe a word, like a single word. What does it mean? Because you can't just go, you can't just deliver this this little chunk of revelation. And be like, look what I found. Like you have to like, Jesus, why did you give this to me? What does this mean? God uses our personal filters to His advantage. It comes out of His mouth as pure. This is gonna sound real New Agey, like pure spirit energy. Big S, like comes and hits our soul filters and gets to us, and we have to learn how He speaks to us, like how through our experiences, through our history. Like for for me, if you say or Craig, Craig is from uh, Virginia. This is Craig. He's one of my best friends in the world. Um, Craig is from Virginia. If if I say to one of you, I see the word Old Dominion over you, you're going to go, oh, it's the Old Dark Dominion. To you, what does Old Dominion mean? The college you went to. Old Dominion University. So you see the difference? Like The Lord is going to speak something differently to different people, but it's, it's going to have an essence of, of what the revelation is. We need to learn how, to, uh, how our filters work. We interpret it according to our understanding, our history, and our assumptions about God. That's a big one. If you assume God is angry, if, you th- if, if the, the false image that you have of God is that he's angry all the time, and not like George said, like he's, he's in a good mood today. He's in a good mood every day. But if, if you think he's angry, then your understanding of God is going to taint the way that you give a word. Right? So the key to growing in the prophetic is to learn how he speaks to you personally uh, and have relational intimacy. Which means, I'm sorry, you're going to have to have a prayer life. Get over it. (laughs) Get your butt in the prayer room. Symbols are not always consistent. If you see a snake in a dream, you go, oops, snake bad. Snake always bad. (laughs) Well, Jesus said that he was the snake that was lifted up in the book of Numbers that people looked to to get healing. Uh Uh-oh. Your symbology is breaking down. Or maybe you're like, lions are good all the time. Lion of the tribe of Judah, always good. Mm, What about the, the lion that, you know, ate the children? In the Old Testament. What about Satan going around like a roaring lion? That's why we have to not just ask and seek, but we have to seek for real interpretation. God, what are you saying in this? Not just like, not making assumptions, but prophecy is a relationship with a realm. 
and the ruler of that realm, which is Jesus. Or maybe arrows. Maybe you see, like, flaming arrows coming at Jeremy. And you go, oh no, flaming arrows. The enemy's attacking him. To me, I go, oh, Psalm 127. He's got a quiver full of, of flaming arrows. He's got children that are on fire for God. You know what I'm saying? So you ask, you get a revelation, you seek, you get an interpretation, you're like, okay, God, I see what you're saying. I'm with you, bro. Um, and, and then you go, you go, uh, how do I give that word? And this is where most people, most people stop at 66% and they're like, hey, I'm passing, we're going on to the next grade, I'm good. But if you want to actually become really prophetic and go from just the believer's benefits into the proclivity, thesaurus, my friend, the thesaurus, then you need to learn how to do application. How am I going to give this word? Because sometimes we give a word and it's not what we say, it's how we say it. That actually communicates something other than what we wanted to communicate. Sometimes the Lord doesn't want you to go up to somebody and say, hey, the Lord told me that blah, 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 blah. Sometimes he shows you something, you understand something about that person, and the application of the word is to go buy him ice cream. And that's it. Or Or to wait. Or to just, maybe he just wants you to know that because you're his friend. There's different applications to, to the prophetic. But we have to keep that relational aspect to it. Ask things like, how do I access what I've been shown? So think about this. Let's say uh, you don't know how to get to John and Tracy's house. And you're told that you're supposed to go there. So first you ask, well, where do they live? And somebody says, well, they live... I'm going to tell them your address. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, no, you're not. (laughs) They live in Dallas. Oh, okay. So that's that's true. They live in Dallas. That's a big, big area. And then you ask for interpretation. You seek, and you seek for the right specific house, specific neighborhood. And then finally, you have to knock. You actually have to, your body has to come in contact to, like, have to connect with somebody. So you ask, seek, and knock. Knocking, that application is actually, how do you actually do it? You see what I'm saying? Knocking is the, is the actual action. Blah, blah, blah. Proverbs 18.21, power of life and death is in your tongue. Use it correctly. Know the word. John the Beloved, who was really close to Jesus, knew him really well. When he is... He's getting these revelations on the island of Patmos and he's writing them down and there's angels screaming at him like, don't write that down! Don't forget to write this down! He's writing in his second language and, he, and he's like, like he's, he's Hebrew, so he, he wants to write in Hebrew, but he's writing it in Greek and it's like all these pictures and he's still, because he has studied the word, he knows the word, there's like biblical symbology coming out of him. It's crazy. And he's still writing it down with like bossy angels and second language and crazy, I mean, dragons. And it's, I mean, it's the craziest book in the Bible. <laughs> but he knew the word and it just came out of him. 
but most of all, to increase our vocabulary of knowing how the Lord speaks is we must have intimacy with him. It's a friend talking to a friend for a friend. God likes people. 